You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. In this town, there is no off-season. The news never stops, and neither do we. It's always game day in Cleveland with Andy Baskin and Daryl Ryder. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Big news on the Haslam Sports Group front, I guess, is probably the best way to look at it with a lot of news coming out about the Haslams. It started off the day uh, with the talk that they had bought 25% of the Milwaukee Bucks, and that story seems to have come to fruition. Then that was followed up by... Uh, the fact that the Browns were going to increase ticket prices, not exactly exactly what Browns fans wanted to hear, especially if you wanted to look at it, it was like, oh, who's paying for the Milwaukee Bucks? Uh, it's your own Cleveland Browns fans. And then news about the stadium broke late in the evening, and that's where we'll pick things up with Daryl Ryder. Uh, it is always game day in Cleveland. If you like what you're listening to, subscribe to the podcast. Daryl, what's the news on the stadium? I think that's the big, big one. Well, the talks with the city of Cleveland are ongoing. The, the, the Browns are trying to basically figure out just what what on earth to do uh, with First Energy Stadium. Uh, first and foremost, the stadium is not adequate for modern NFL standards and, and fan experiences. Uh, it was a poorly built stadium, obsolete when it opened its doors in 1999. I wrote a big story about it on our website, 923thefan.com on Monday, <clears throat> basically outlining the, the thing was designed and built over a 42-month window. And, uh, it's like I said, it, it, it was obsolete the day it opened, uh, in 1999, uh, the Browns had, uh, did 120 million in renovations in 2014 and 2015 over two years there to bring some of it up to, uh, up to standards, but, um, just, it's, it's just, it's still not when you look at all these new stadiums that have opened. Okay. Uh, Las Vegas, Minneapolis, Minnesota, Los Angeles, California, Atlanta, Georgia. Okay. 
you can you can see just looking at those stadiums you can see the 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 field level the field level view clubs that are there even in 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 Indianapolis Lucas Oil Stadium uh, same thing uh, 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 AT&T Stadium uh, down in in Dallas Jerry World same thing those those you, you see in the end zones they have those like field level dugout style suites there you can't build those at First Energy Stadium for a variety of reasons. Um, and, and so the lease is up in six years at the end of the 2028 season. And they, like the clock is ticking. Like they need to get this going uh, in 2021. Of course, we know the, the Haslam sports group submitted a very ambitious yet rather expensive lake uh, front development connectivity to downtown Cleveland land with a land bridge. Um, Proposal, I don't. It looks great on paper. I just don't think that it's ever going to happen. Um, if I had a dollar for every time the city of Cleveland commissioned a study, oh by the way, the city of Cleveland commissioned a study in December for lakefront development, flushing another two million dollars in taxpayer money down the drain uh, for the five hundredth lakefront development proposal project uh, in the last fifty years. Um, I, I just, my take on the situation is the stadium is not adequate. It's probably not worth dumping a half a billion dollars into to renovate. So it'll last maybe another 10 years or so. Um, they're most likely better off with a new stadium somewhere. But the questions become, where does that stadium go? Who's paying for it? Is it open air? Is it a dome? Is it retractable roof? The price tags involved. I outlined some of the price tags when you look at new stadiums that are going up. The Buffalo Bills on Monday uh, tweeted out pictures of renderings of their new stadium that's going to be built uh, next to uh, their existing stadium in Orchard Park, New York. But that, you know, it's, all, it's like $1.4 billion just for that facility you know and that's kind of part of the problem here too andy is that the costs to build these facilities are just absolutely going through the roof right now tennessee titans new stadium 2.1 billion dollars city of nashville 760 million contribution tennessee 500 million contribution um buffalo stadium is costing 1.26 billion dollars it's open air uh, 850 million is coming from public funds. The city of Chicago, desperate to keep the Chicago Bears downtown, proposing $2.2 billion in transformation to Soldier Field, which includes the addition of a roof. Oh, by the way, the Again. Bears just dropped 200, nearly $200 million on land west of downtown, uh, a, horse, a horse track complex, Arlington International Racecourse, for their own stadium complex, okay? The Ravens just got financing through the Maryland Stadium Authority, who uh, is able to borrow up to $1.2 billion to renovate M&T Bank Stadium, home of the Ravens, as well as Oriole Park at Camden Yards, home of the Baltimore Orioles to keep the Ravens and Orioles in Baltimore. You've got the Chiefs and Panthers looking to build new stadiums right now. The Washington Commanders continue to try and fail to get a new stadium. The Eagles, the Patriots, 125 million for Philadelphia, 225 for New England. Stadium 
renovations. So what the Bengals, by the way, looking to uh, upgrade then Paul Brown, I think Paycor Stadium, I think is their, their corporate name now, uh, down there in Cincinnati. So the point of all of this is the Browns need their stadium situation resolved again because the current one is not adequate. And whatever they decide to do is going to be expensive as all get out in the hundreds of millions to billions of dollars. And that is with a capital B start passing the collection plate for donations now, Cuyahoga County and City of Cleveland. Daryl, where what do the Browns ultimately want? What what do they want? If this could go from zero to sixty by tomorrow and the Browns could have a yes stamp on everything, what would they want? I my opinion, this is strictly my opinion, want to make that very clear. I think that if the Haslam Sports Group had their druthers, it would be a brand new stadium. Because it could be designed by them from the ground up, uh, whereas any renovation to First Energy Stadium, you'd have to retrofit the existing craptastic structure that's there. Where, so I where, think that they would want Darryl, a new stadium. Where would they well, want that new stadium? Their preference, my understanding is that if they were to consider uh, a, a new facility, and again, I want to stress, I've not been told that that's what they want. It's my opinion that that's what they want. Um, they really want to be near downtown if possible. Problem is there are not many places near downtown to put a new stadium. Um, I don't know if maybe going and playing somewhere for two or three years, uh, and uh, while first energy gets demolished and you just build a new stadium on that site, I don't know if that's in play. Personally, I think that that'd be a terrible plan. What I would, here's what I would do. If I were the city of Cleveland and I, and I, and I speak as a resident of the city of Cleveland, cause I do, I live in Cleveland. I own a home. I pay taxes. Um, my neighborhood roads are, uh, like driving in the country. They might as well not even be paved. They're just, they're just that terrible. Last year, the city of Cleveland had to find $11 million to make emergency repairs to first energy stadium. That was, I don't think in the budget. Okay. They had to come up with that money. And I, I think I think the city of Cleveland needs to get out of the stadium business. Just as a just just in my the, again, this is my opinion. Um, they got to get out of the stadium business, whether it's you team up with Gateway and turn it over to Cuyahoga County and bundle it in with, you know, the progressive field and rocket mortgage field house situation or what. Uh, it already is receiving syntax money, uh, you know, the county tax on cigarette and, and alcohol. Uh, some of that money uh, is shared with First Energy Stadium. So I, I think that's first and foremost. Secondly, I would like to see them get the hell off the lake because I just don't it, – and I realize I'm being very pessimistic here, Andy. I just I, – I don't see lakefront development happening. I just don't. I, I, I've lived in Northeast Ohio for 25 years. It's been talked about for, you know, for, for that long, or I, I should say I've lived in Northeast Ohio since the late eighties, but you know, it, it just, it feels like, you know, since that time uh, that it, it's been talked about and it's gone nowhere. Hell, Randy Lerner, the absentee owner, right? Pre-house, even he had a lakefront development proposal that went absolutely nowhere. So I just don't see that happening. So my thing is, Get the, find a spot for the Browns to move to a new stadium, wherever that is, whether that's downtown, if they have to go to a suburb, by the airport, whatever. Uh, get that done. 
And then what the city can do is sell the existing land that the stadium is on to a developer. And that I think is what's going to spearhead um, the development. I just, I don't see first energy stadium as a catalyst for lakefront development. I just, I really don't. Um, and so that's my personal take on the situation. I think that if the Browns had a choice, it would be a new stadium. I don't know necessarily they would pick a lakefront location for said stadium. I'm sure they'd want to stay near downtown. They want ancillary development around it, similar to what, what Gateway has, right? The Gateway neighborhood. And we'll see what the Guardians ultimately do with Progressive Field uh, because they have that option to buy the Gateway garage and they could uh, buy that, demolish it, put a, a pseudo ballpark village there. So there's a lot to this. It's not something that's getting done overnight, but conversations are ramping up between the Browns, City of Cleveland, and other uh, you know, area leaders, if you will, to try and get this ball moving because leases up in 2028 and six years goes by in the blink of an eye. All right, why is this all happening today? We're going to answer that next on It's Always Game Day in Cleveland. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast ebay motors is here for the ride remember when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease fresh installs and a whole lot of love you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's always game day in Cleveland. Daryl Ryder with you, Andy Baskin as well as uh, we're talking about, well, the future of the Cleveland Browns, where they're going to play football. But first, reminder, 
Mobile sports betting is finally legal here in the state of Ohio. BetQL here to help you make the most informed bets possible. See all of today's winners by heading to BetQL.com or downloading the BetQL app. Claim your free three-day trial today. Head to BetQL.com slash news slash 92.3 The Fan for exclusive sports book offers. All right, so Daryl, let's say you listen to the first segment. You're like, you know what? I've already gone through this with the Browns, and they moved on me last time. Should I be worried? No, I, I don't. Uh, they're, they're, first of all, when the team was sold uh, f- from the Lerner Family Trust to the Haslam's, uh, one of the conditions of sale is that the Browns could not be moved. So right now, it's entirely too premature to have 1995 flashbacks. I certainly understand why some fans would have those. Uh, I still remember that whole situation like it was yesterday. Uh, looking back on that, that was equal parts blame. Mayor White, city of Cleveland, local leaders, as well as uh, Art Modell and and the fact that the Browns ended up moving to Baltimore, becoming the Ravens, and uh, Cleveland uh, got an expansion franchise and basically a half-assed built stadium for about $280 million that was obsolete the day it opened. So um, the team, I don't believe, is in danger of moving. The other thing, too, and I, I think it's important to bring up the Haslam's uh, in investment in the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, to clarify a couple of things, one, the, the valuation of the franchise is $3.5 billion. The Haslam's uh, have agreed to acquire, I believe, 25% uh, of the franchise, which means they're going to cut a check for about $875 million uh, for that 25% share. Uh, of the Bucks franchise, they have been looking to expand their, uh, you know, their sp- sports portfolio. First of all, that does not mean they're selling the Cleveland Browns because they're not. Um, they are committed to Northeast Ohio. Um, that is an absolute fact. I'm not listen, and Andy, you know this. I'm the last person to carry any water for anybody, and I'm not. Um, they've got a a they've got big plans for their training complex in Berea as part of those plans. From what I understand, they'd like to build like a Haslam sports group headquarters in Berea as part of those plans. Um, So because they're making this investment in the bucks, don't get it twisted that they're abandoning the Browns or that they're funneling money away from the Browns to the bar. That's not it. This is an, you know just an expansion of their sports portfolio. They, of course, also own, I think it's a majority share of the Columbus Crew Soccer Club. Of course, they helped save the crew a couple years ago with some business leaders down in Columbus. They were able to get a new stadium built down there. And, you know, they kind of want to copy, I think, whether it's at First Energy Stadium or with a new stadium, Andy, what they did in Columbus with building that stadium neighborhood uh, around uh, that stadium down there. So, uh, and they want to accomplish that up here in Cleveland. So I just want to, I, I thought it was important to point that stuff out. Cause I know that's in the news. Well, you could see how fans might, <clears throat> excuse me, be disenchanted by the fact that you woke up this morning and heard the news about the box. And then right. the next piece of news you heard was ticket prices are going up. Well, and, um, again, I'm not carrying water for anybody here. Uh, the reality is, and again, I understand the Browns have sucked since coming back in the league, and so their ticket prices probably should be among the cheapest in the league because the team is one of the worst in the league. But um, they are raising ticket prices. This is part 
of the price of having a $250 million quarterback. It's part of the, the keeping pace with revenues around the NFL. Cause you have to understand, you know, one of the frustrations the NFL had with the Lerner family trust was the Browns had fallen behind, not only in stadium, but in revenue generation, local revenue generation into the, the pot, if you will, that is, that is shared amongst uh, the league owners in that. So um, I get the frustration. I get the anger. I get the sarcasm. Uh, I laughed at a couple of jokes. Uh, one of them uh, I saw on Twitter today was that, hey, don't worry. The secondary stub hub market will still be six bucks in December. Uh, another one, another comment uh, was about how, uh, you know, fans being disappointed. Tickets are all digital now, so they can't tape them to telephone poles like they used to be able to do around the stadium. Uh, I, I understand it. And again, I'm not excusing the the rise. There, are, there is also a supply and demand reality that comes with that, Andy. Um, you know, the Browns say, according to what they put out on Monday, they've had like a 96% uh, renewal combined over the last four years. They've got over 8,000 people waiting to buy season tickets. So those fans that don't want to renew their tickets, I mean, you have a couple thousand people that have placed deposits for a spot in line for the opportunity to buy season tickets. So from the Brown standpoint, yeah. Um, you know, supply and demand, there is a, a demand each of the last four years, they have sold out their season tickets. Um, the other thing here too, is that I think fans are going to have to understand uh, as we talk about the stadium situation, I tweeted this too. And I didn't realize the pun. <laughs> I, I inadvertently tossed out a pun. But prices are going to go through the roof if the Haslam's build the stadium themselves. Okay? Everyday fan sitting in the dog pound for I don't know whatever it is they charge for those tickets, you will not you will not be paying that. You'll probably pay double, triple, maybe quadruple that if the Haslam's finance and build their own stadium. Because as with any business. They're not a charity. They're in the business of making money. And, um, you know, that's kind of another, <laughs> you know, part to this whole uh, stadium discussion is, you know, the the opportunity for revenue, I think, may has kind of been maxed out. And you look around the league and you see the renovation projects and you see the new stadiums going up and, and the amenities and you realize, well, this stadium, we can't do it with with this current stadium. Uh, in addition to the fact that, again, wasn't bid all that great. Not a lot of money was spent on it. It was fast-tracked, and it was crap the day it opened in 1999. So um, there's a lot to this right now, but I don't think fans should be freaking out. Uh, we'll, I'll certainly will do my best to to keep you informed. Um, but, yeah, this is, this is something that's going to have to move forward here, I, I would say, within the next 24 months. They're going to have to have plans in place. Um, I don't know. There's a, there's a bunch of different ways to look at some of this stuff, but let, let's go into the ticket raising. I mean, what what are your thoughts on that? And I just like, if you're a fan, I'm like, I know that the Browns are, are one of the cheapest tickets in the NFL. And then I thought another good point that you made, Daryl, was that if you do have a new stadium and the Haslam's have to pay for it, um, if you want to look at the model for that, it's just, a, it's not, it's a mile away from the the venue they have in Columbus. It's Nationwide Arena, 
because Nationwide Arena was first up for public vote and it right. failed. And then it was bought, uh, it was privately built um, at a substantially cheaper cost, but it was a uh, nicer arena than they would have had had it been a public facility, which is amazing to me. The problem is, is that ticket prices got so high so quick there that they were in jeopardy of losing stuff, you know, not too long ago until they were able to, to figure things out financially. Um, but that was an arena that was paid for privately and that fans look one way or another, if you want a team, you're going to have to pay for it up front or pay for it on the back end. And yeah. it seems to be, if know, it's, if know. it's a private bill, if it becomes a private building, privately financed. Yeah. Yeah. Ticket price is going to be exorbitant. I mean, that's just the reality uh, of the economics. Um, you know, when I, when I look at, the, the the gateway situation, right? People freaked out because the Cavaliers got seventy million in public money to overhaul Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse and keep them downtown, right? People weren't happy with that. Uh, the Cleveland Guardians, um, including the capital repairs that are going to be done to the ballpark in conduct in conjunction with the two hundred and two million dollar renovation that's going to be done, that project's going to be four hundred and thirty five million. Now the Guardians are going to pay about one hundred and fifty million of that over 15 years, uh, you know, the city's going to be paying some, the county's going to pay some, the state's going to pay some as well. But, um, you know, th this basically, uh, this stadium situation for the Browns is going to be double, triple, quadruple those expenditures. And I, quite frankly, don't understand where, or let me rephrase, I don't know where the money to pay for all that is going to come from because when I look at the costs of these facilities around the country, the new ones, okay, used to be you could build a stadium for $300 million, right? $500 million. Now the conversation on a stadium starts at a billion with a B, right? Then you talk about putting a roof on the thing. Now the conversation starts at two billion dollars oh you want a retractable roof to go with that well add another 750 million to billion dollars on top of that now you're looking at a project upwards of three billion dollars right and so um I, I i this is going to be one of the biggest projects undertaken i certainly can understand the city of cleveland wanting to slow roll this take their time while on the flip side of the coin, the Browns, there is a, a sense of urgency to get some plans together. I, I think the first thing they need to do, Annie, is decide, are you staying or going? Are you going to stay at First Energy Stadium? And if not, then start working toward the new stadium now. Get Begin that process and just forget about First Energy Stadium. Because as I said earlier in the podcast, I think the Lakefront Development Project, as well thought out, as beautiful, as practical as it may seem, I just don't see it happening with a stadium there. I just, I don't. I Get the Browns off the lakefront. Let's find another spot for them uh, and allow that lakefront to actually get developed the right way. All right, Daryl, let's come back. I do have one financial uh, financial way to pay for a new stadium, and we could look to another city and how they did it. We'll do that when we come back. Plus, the coaching carousel continues in Berea, and it seems to have stopped. We'll see what's next for the Browns and the coaching staff. It's always game day in Cleveland. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? 
Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin. Sorry about the sore throat, but we've got to battle on through on this one. We're talking about stadium issue. We're talking about ticket prices. We're going to get to coaches here in a second. But Daryl, um, I thought it was interesting that Minnesota, who doesn't have I – do, I don't believe they've legalized gambling. I know they have lottery up there. Um, the way that they decided to pay for their stadium debt was through pull tabs. And from everything that I had read so far, it has been a gigantic success. Yeah, so like, pull I think tabs? it's paid off. It is paid off. Okay, so I wasn't I, – I, I knew they were close. But they were able to do it with these silly little pull tabs. Now, I think they were – electronic pull tabs which are a little different than what we have here in ohio but isn't that amazing to think that they put the you know in, in ohio we have pull tabs at some of the bars where you put a dollar in you pull it out and you see if it's got bars on it if not in ohio it's for charity i wonder if that's a, a thought they have to try to pay for a, a, a new stadium or just try to use some of the new gambling money that's already come into play in the state i don't know why wouldn't it make sense that if you wanted to have sports venues in the state, that you would use uh, money from from the sports um, from the, uh, the gambling me, from the gambling. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I I, yeah. I think that there, and obviously because that's state law, you'd have to do legislation through Columbus to direct those funds. I just off the top of my head, I forgot where the where those funds go to like ohio lottery funds go towards uh schools okay those get fanned out to school districts i i forget where the gambling revenue uh tax revenue is funneled to um but i look i think if considering the stories i'm reading about the volume of sports gambling that has already taken place in the state of ohio through the first two months i think you could you could easily pay for new stadiums for the state. Like I, I, again, I don't, I don't, I don't do, uh, I, I don't do state house and political uh, laws and all that kind of stuff. But I do think that that could be a reasonable solution to this problem is craft legislation that, okay, fine. Sports gambling, you know, is, is obviously legal here. Let's direct that revenue to cover all stadiums in the state of Ohio for professional sports, both professional uh, level, that's obviously uh, Major League Baseball, NFL, uh, NBA, NHL, Major League Soccer, and then also for the minor league teams because there's yeah. a lot of minor league baseball parks uh, uh, around the state as well. But that's I, that's got to get done at the state level. But I do feel like that's the solution to the problem because, again, I just don't know where. Cleveland well, is going let, to let me just, billion Gerald, let me do this. tax revenue. Just so you know, half of the Ohio sports betting profits are designated for 
interscholastic athletics for students K to nine. The other half goes to K twelve to K through twelve students. For according according for, to our good friends at G Google. So like um so I don't know what happens to the other half either. So that means like all the all the all the program all the athletic programs around the state can afford stuff now. I, I don't know that that's even true. Anymore. I don't I can tell you as someone who's involved in interscholastic athletics, uh, I don't know where any, I haven't seen any of that money trickle its way down yet, but who knows? Yeah. I mean, we'll see. We'll see where the money, it says, for now, sports gambling products will go to the Ohio General Assembly and then we'll distribute the funds through what's called the Sports Education Gaming Fund. Its okay. estimated breakdown is about 160 to $170 per student from sports betting. It's also estimated that sports betting in Ohio could generate $24 million by June, but I'm sure it's way ahead of that right now because this Got story it. I'm reading from WBNS out of Columbus uh, was written at the beginning of the year, but could reach as high as $90 million per year over the next three to five years. Right. And I think that's just kiosk. Yeah, I, I got to think yeah, oh, that there's there's got to be a yeah. way to to do this because, again, I just I don't know where $2 billion is going to come from for, for a dump. Daryl, let's spend a couple more minutes here just talking about all the coaching changes that are going on with the Browns. Where are we? Where do we sit? And are they done hiring? Uh, yeah, I think uh, they are. I got to pull them all up because they made like eight, eight, eight announcements today <laughs> on the, uh, the the coaching. I'm just going to read them. Sure. Um, so here we go. Um, let's see here. Ephraim ba- Banda, I think yeah. is how you say his name. He's from Utah State. Um, he's the new safeties coach, uh, is previously reported. Um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Kevin Rogers, he was a senior offensive assistant with Stefanski since 2020. He's just going to be a senior assistant, uh, special projects role. Guy's been around a while, goes back to 1974 in the coaching profession. Uh, Ashton Grant. Offensive quality control coach last season. He's going to be the offensive assistant slash quarterbacks. Um, he's been with the team since uh, 2020. He's one of those Bill Walsh diversity coaching fellows. So that that's pretty cool that he's getting a, a promotion within the organization. Callie Brownson, uh, the chief of staff and assistant wide receivers coach last season. She is now moving into a full-time role as the assistant wide receivers coach as she'll work with Chad O'Shea. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, uh, Brandon Lynch, the former assistant defensive backs coach, he's now the cornerbacks coach. Uh, and Ben Bloom is going to go ahead and coach the defensive line uh, as well. So, uh, yeah. Uh, oh, and Bill Musgrave, uh, he is going to be um, he's going to be uh, joining as a senior offensive assistant as well. So. A lot of moving pieces and parts on the coaching staff, but uh, I think that uh, they're done. And Musgrave was with uh, Stefanski in Minnesota, right? So yes. they had spent some time there too. So I guess the next question goes, I mean, there really aren't a lot of excuses to be made when it comes to the coaching staff going into next year, Daryl. I mean, they have flipped out. They've done what they've needed to do. They've fired right. guys. They've Some guys have left. And now they're sitting in a position where – are there any excuses left for the coaching staff? Right. So, yeah. Um, by the way, the official word from the Browns is that they're focused on First Energy Stadium and making it connect better to downtown. 
which is so what that I said. is what they so again we'll just you just got that as we we're doing I just got that right now so yeah okay so, so what is that what does that mean Daryl uh that that means what it means <laughs> it means exactly what I said it means so they are a hundred percent committed to trying to make this happen at their existing site trying to rebuild what's going on down there that's what they say yes publicly and behind the scenes you think they would like a new stadium I think they want a new stadium. Well, That's why wouldn't you? I mean, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that they want a new. Who would who wouldn't want a new stadium? First Energy Stadium is awful. It is. It's beyond awful. Cleveland has no idea how bad they got ripped off when the Browns left, and that's the stadium you got for at the time it was like $285 million. I remember Al Lerner had to cut the check for the escalators because they had to cut the escalators out of the budget because the costs were just blowing out of proportion. And so they built it as cheaply and quickly as possible. It is a terrible football stadium. It really is the seating. The, the arrangement of the seating bowl is fine, but when you just talk about football stadium, it's awful. Um, so I, my dream scenario for the Browns is they build their own version of Ford field. It's got a roof on it. Have the it's it Ford Field's got two decks on three sides of the field. You're intimate and close to the field. All the suites, the luxury suites for the rich people are on one side uh, of the stadium and have and offer those folks awesome views of uh the field in that. Um, but that that's what I'd like to see a Ford Field style design brought to Cleveland where the upper deck is real nice and close. It allows the fans, uh, you know, the, the ordinary Browns fan to be nice and close to the action rather than these monstrosities of a stadiums that are built like Jerry world. And so think, uh, Jerry world sucks. Like, if you ask me, I mean, I've been like there. Eight, Not a eight fan. levels. And you need a telescope, you know, you know, if you're sitting in the upper deck, I gotta yeah, tell I you. Even, I'll be honest with you. I don't even like progressive fields, upper deck because it's got those three levels of suites built right. into it. Right. Honest to goodness. I wish there was enough money to literally rip the top off that ballpark and just build a PNC style second deck foul pole to foul pole. With a you know row of luxury suites, whatever, put a press box in there. Obviously, I wish there was enough money to really like just basically rip that stadium down, the superstructure of it, and build a new, smaller, more intimate on top of it. I hate the upper deck of Progressive Field. It's it's high for me. Um, I know fans. If you are, think that's high, you should see Jerry World, dude. It oh, is I know. Scary like, in the upper deck because I've those were media seats for one of the Ohio State national championship for the Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, SoFi's the same exact. They're thing. scary. I mean, like you, I, I, I can't believe sometimes the the angle of those seats that just you're like, yeah. um, I'm scared to get up and cheer because you, if someone pushes you, you'd be like, oh my god. Yeah. I don't. I, I just think they're dangerous. So what you're me. saying is, someone who's afraid of heights like I am would not can, like it. No, I I would be like very. Uh, I I would not do well. That's what. You're All saying. right. So we had a lot of highlights in this show today, and there were plenty of heights, and we'll have more heights as we keep going on. Right. <laughs> I guess. It's always game day in Cleveland. He's Daryl Ryder. I'm Andy Baskin for our producer Meredith Kane. Thank you very much for listening. If you want more insight like this, all you have to do is subscribe to the podcast. It's always game day in Cleveland. If you want to be a part of the show, we'll have a mailbag coming up soon. 
you can always hit us up on social media at Game Day CLE on either Instagram or Twitter. It's always and you Game gotta, Day. And you oh. got to send us questions so we can do a mailbag. We need questions from you. So at Game Day CLE. Or if you want, hit up Baskin's uh, Twitter. Or hit right. my Twitter up. We'll look for, you know, tag Game Day Cleve, whatever. But uh, get us some questions, and we'll be happy to sit down and answer them for you. We're on it. All right. It's always Game Day in Cleveland.